That's life. That's life. That's what all the people say. You're riding high in April, shot down in May. But I know I'm gonna change that tune. When I'm back on top, back on top in June. Good morning, y'all. Actually, it's evening, or not evening, it's afternoon. <laughs> but um, hello, everybody. So I just wanted to say um, I hope everybody's doing well right now with this whole carnivorous virus. Um, I hope everybody's staying safe, not catching each other and not uh, <laughs> uh So today I get to talk to a friend of mine who has lived and is currently well she's currently in the united states now uh she's on break from school but she is and has been living overseas for the past uh year and a half or so um yep and so she has an idea of what um it was like overseas um dealing with this whole virus and everything so please welcome she oh my friend so i'm sorry let me do this introduction again (laughs) so so today i get to talk to my friend uh janelle cano who has um, been at school in London. She's going and attending uh, Royal Veterinary College in London. And um, she got to experience firsthand uh, kind of um, what the coronavirus is like in another country and how it is affecting them. So please welcome my friend, Janelle Cano. Hello. How are you today? Good. How are you? Good. How are you? I'm good. Good, good. are you going to talk with a uh, Londonian accent, or what's the deal? You're going to give us a treat? To talk <laughs> Dude, my to London accent is so botched. It's not even good at all. <clears throat> Have you noticed that after you started living there, you started talking with an accent at all, or no? Uh, I wouldn't notice it until I would come home to visit my family, and then my dad, he'd be like, he's like, why do you say it like that? You're saying weird words. like, <laughs> But mostly uh-huh. like the vocab or the different slang stuff, I think. Yeah. Mm. so how so you've been you've been back in the states for how long um as of today it'll be what's today wednesday thursday friday 12 days so friday will be my 14th day of quarantine since i've been back 14th and and they they recommend what two weeks is that what they said yeah so like friday if i don't experience any symptoms by friday it should be like i should be all good but yeah so how's it so, looking? You've been coughing. I heard uh, Braxton with some sniffles earlier. Dude, straight up, the whole family has like fevers, coughs, like all Shut the time. Shut up! <laughs> Just kidding. Shut <laughs> up! I was about to say, no, let's send no. somebody to blow your house up. Let's not even take a chance. Ooh, tent it. We gotta tent the house. Fumigate it. Yeah, no, everything's good. Um, I've been really good. Uh, not going out. I mean, there's not many places to go. Everything's closed. Yeah. But um, Braxton and I, Braxton, Julian's best friend, um, we have been at the house. He's been working from home. The only time I'll go out is, like, to the grocery store, and then I'll, like, wear a mask and stuff. Damn, and so you're wearing a mask to the grocery store. I am only because it's, like, out of respect for everyone else because I know where I've been. You know what I mean? Yeah. I know I came from London. I'm still in quarantine technically. I shouldn't 
be going out at all. But like out of respect for everyone else, I'll wear my mask. Yeah. Um, and I'll go for like a run and stuff. And that's the only time I've been out is literally in my neighborhood for a run and the grocery store. That's it. Mm. So, yeah. So how's, okay. So, uh, before coming back to the States, you were there for, uh, how long? So the beginning of this whole quarantine and all this going on, you were there in London for how long before you came back? Um, okay. Well, well like, I started- okay, I'm sorry. Like, like when the quarantines and all this started, how much longer were you in London before okay. you were able to come back? Okay, okay. So it's it's all kind of like a whole chaotic story. So basically, okay, so I came home to the U.S. for spring break, right? Okay. I mean, sorry, not spring break, winter break. So then I went back to school in January, and everything was fine January. I think my dad had mentioned when, like, the first news of coronavirus came out, it was what like end of february maybe okay end of, yeah, end that, of february right. yeah. yeah so i had been at school for a month and then end of february um my dad tells me like oh there's something oh hold on i'm echoing <laughs> it's distracting <clears throat> okay um my dad's like end of february dude wait julian i'm echoing yeah. and it's confusing i don't know maybe it's your phone i give it a no, second okay. Maybe let it catch up or something. I, you're not echoing on my end. Maybe on your own end. Yeah, it's throwing me off when I'm talking. <laughs> Hold on. Is this bad? Can you, like, edit this out or something? No, I don't edit anything. So everybody... Oh, shoot, are you kidding? <laughs> <laughs> so everybody listening right now is Raw and like, God, this fucking girl. <laughs> okay, okay, sorry. So, yeah, he mentioned something like, oh, there's this, like, virus, coronavirus, and I was it was just kind of disregarded because London in London, I don't watch any news. I don't, I mean, we don't have cable or anything. So I just watch Netflix and Instagram. And if there's nothing advertised on those two things, then I don't know much of the world really, which uh-huh. is bad. Cause I should probably be more up to date on like news and stuff, but I'm not. I mean, it's, so- it's not, I wouldn't say it's bad. Don't think of it as bad. It's kind of a good thing because with listening to all the news, you get caught up in all this shit yeah. that's going along around the yeah. world when you should be focused about what's going on in your world. Mm-hmm. But I'm sorry. Go ahead. I cut you off. Good. So um, then early March is when things started getting, you know, just like on Instagram, all the memes and stuff. And then I was like, oh, shit, this is like actually kind of happening. Like there's people are starting to like panic. It's starting to get more popular, popular. Well, big deal. Uh-huh. And then <clears throat> March 14th, I had um, scheduled to go do my like placement hours, which is like my animal husbandry work for veterinary school. Mm-hmm. So basically, we have to do um, like weeks of farm work experience, um, like as requirements for the veterinary degree. Um, and March 14th, I was set to go off to like a farm like mid in the middle of Britain and stay there for two weeks from March 14th till March 30th. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, So I left March 13th in the evening. So you left to the farm. I left to the farm. And so this was when coronavirus had like hit Italy and in Italy, it was really bad. And it was like coming closer and it had just gotten to France. So like when it was in France, um, 
my best friend in um, London, she had a marathon that she was going to do in April in France, in Paris. Uh And um, they canceled the marathon. And at the time, like, the virus wasn't as big of a deal. So for her, it was, like, really upsetting because it was like, screw this. Like, why can't I do my run? You know what I mean? Like, it just felt like it wasn't a big deal yet. But the whole Especially, but the whole run was canceled. The whole marathon, everything. And yeah. things were getting canceled like all over the place. So for us in London, because it was not a big deal, everyone was still going to coffee shops, like walking around town, getting on buses, like no, no one was taking any precautions. Like you never saw anyone with masks, nothing. So mm-hmm. like for us to see things hap- being canceled like in other places was really weird mm-hmm. and bizarre because London had no sense of like urgency at all about the virus so I felt like in London it it was like a a weird bubble that we were in and like hearing feedback from like home and my family and stuff it was it was very odd because we were just kind of like why are you guys making a big deal it's not that bad like what what's what's the whole world's problem basically is how all the Londoners felt do you Mm -hmm. get me Mm -hmm. um so March 14th I left and I shit you not, that week, March 14th, for one week, while I was gone and basically was working 13-hour days, like, I would wake up at 6.15 in the morning and start work by 7 on the farm all day. I didn't touch my phone, nothing, like, would come home, would come inside and get in bed by, like, 10.30 p.m. and knock out. And, like, I never checked my phone, my emails, nothing. So five days into working after the 14th, I checked my email And my school had sent out, like, 10 emails since starting on, like, Monday. But I hadn't checked until, like, the Thursday or something like that. And they literally were like, okay, all your guys' placement hours, all the requirements, everything that we are requiring for you guys to, like, graduate vet school, we're, like, canceling it. Like, you Uh guys do not have to do these hours anymore if you're at your placements currently, which obviously I was like leave basically because like get to a safe place go home if you need to get out of the country get out of the country but like holy like abort mission basically Uh like and everybody like a ton of people that i knew were doing their placements as well like along with me not with me but like on their own so a lot of people were already at the farms already working Yes. yes and so everybody was freaking the fuck out and, and the placement that I was at, I had worked with this family last year as well. Um, you remember when I went with, like, the cows and the sheep and all that? Yep. It was during um, – it's during lambing season, so that's, like, right now. So when I was there, it was their peak, peak lambing season. They had – I think it was, like, um, 700, like, ewes, like, um, mom sheep. And every sheep was – having either triplets or twins so seven by two or three each so we and it was it was insane it was madness like at the farm so when I got the email I felt like complete shit telling this family like hey I was supposed to be here for two weeks but I'm gonna have to dip out like earlier because they're gonna close the borders I have to go home especially if we're gonna be like stuck here for months I don't know you know so yeah the next morning, I, like, told the family that I was with, um, like, hey, you know, like, I, I really appreciate the opportunity. Um, 
and I care about you guys. Like, you guys have been, like, nothing but good to me. Because, like, I lived in these people's home and everything. They were, like, they fed me, all that. Um, and I told him, I was, like, I don't want to just, like, leave now. Like, I don't want to just up and, like, leave you guys because I know how busy we are. But um, instead of the two weeks, I'm going to cut it short to one week, you know? Yeah. So you at least you were going to stay and help a little bit. At least a week. So I was staying um, three more days than what I, like, I didn't have to stay there anymore. I could have left at that moment. But I stayed three more days to finish one full week of my time there. Um, I see. And so then, yeah, so that... The time came, I had to like rebook my flight and everything. And from London to the US, guess how much I paid for my flight? 400 bucks. Literally $350. Yeah. It was insane. It was insane. And so I left early. Um, my roommate and I, okay, so we had our flight booked for Saturday. My roommate and I booked it at the same time. Your roommate lived in the lives in the US as well? She lives in Minnesota. Yeah. Hey, wait. So, so like with all you said, they were baby goats or what? Baby sheep, like baby lamb. sheep. Mm-hmm. So, did you guys tell them about the coronavirus and like to hold up on the babies or like they just didn't care? <laughs> nah, they were like not social distancing at all. They were <laughs> unbelievable. <laughs> Dude, protocol was fucked at that far. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Hey, we got kids listening to the podcast. Oh, dude, I hear people cussing all the time on your podcast. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. I know. I'm just kidding. So, so you come back. So your friend also comes back, or what? What happened? Yeah. So, um, I had Facetimed her when I was still on the farm, and she was like getting panicked because she had been hitting me up on WhatsApp. Like, she sent me so many messages, and I wasn't responding. But it's mm-hmm. just because I had like the app closed, and WhatsApp kind of like messes up sometimes. So. She was like, oh, my God, Janelle's not getting any text. She's not getting any reception. Like, she has no idea what's happening over here. And so, like, during that week that I was gone, everything went on lockdown in London. And I had Whoa. no idea. And, and you so were on my, the farm. Yeah. So, like, completely away from, like, civilization. And so my friend, she she was trying to get a hold of me and let me know. And she was panicking. So when I finally got a hold of her, I FaceTimed her and we both agreed to get our flights for Saturday. Like I was coming home on Thursday night or something and we were going to have our flights on Saturday. Uh-huh. So we wanted to go to the airport together and do all that together, you know? Uh-huh. Um, so we booked them for Saturday. I got home Thursday night, Friday morning, I wake up, right? I was going to pack all of Friday and leave Saturday. Mm-hmm. Friday morning, I wake up like at 8 a.m. from my mom. She had called me like 10 times. And I finally called her back and she's like, Janelle, they're literally going to close borders tomorrow, which would be Saturday, the day of my flight. She's mm-hmm. like, they're closing borders. You need to get out like today. So like Friday, I had just yeah. woken up and but I, you, but you had booked your flight for Saturday for Saturday. Yeah. Okay. So I, um, I went to my roommate's room and I'm like, Hey, and I like knocked on her door and she had just woken up as well. And I'm like, Hey, <clears throat> check if your flight's been canceled for tomorrow because like, I think I'm going to buy my ticket today and just, like, cancel the one for tomorrow. And so she checks, and she's like, dude, my fucking flight got canceled, like, for Saturday. Oh, my. So we booked our flights that, like, that moment, and we had to leave the house in an hour and a half to get to our flights on time. Oh, And my. so we just 
threw shit. All, literally, all I took in my luggage was underwear and some of my bags, and that's it. That's and it. You left I, didn't, everything. <laughs> I didn't even bring a single pair of jeans. Nothing. Nothing. Damn. So, yeah. And so we left the house in like an hour from booking the tickets, got to the airport. Um, her flight was supposed to be going through Air Canada, but Air Canada had closed their borders that morning. So we had to like rebook it for her and everything. Finally, we got through everything, got into the like airplanes, separate airplanes. We had our flights like an hour apart from each other. So it kind of worked out really nicely. Um, and then I got to LAX and life was good. I felt like I was escaping a war or something. Like it was just like borders were closing behind me and like I barely made it like <laughs> slid into home base. Like <laughs> it was wild. It was wild. Like it's a damn movie, huh? Yeah. It honestly it was so chaotic. And then to just come home and finally like relax. And and the fact that it's like everyone has to stay away from you right now, like everyone is quarantined, no one can come see you, was kind of so relieving because so much madness had happened. Like being on the farm, it was so crazy. Like there was like 5,000 sheep having triplets and like, oh, it was insane. And then to have the whole experience going through the airports and nah, 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 nah. and then just to be home and have complete isolation was so nice. Like so uh. nice. Like, yeah. like when you when you got home, your only worry was stay home and just you can kind of catch up because you have nothing to do, yeah. nowhere to go. Exactly. Nobody to see. Really nice. Damn, yeah. that's wild. It, mm -hmm. So, like, when you when you exited the airplane uh, here in the U.S., like, did it explode behind you or like? Dude, literally, I barely made it off the plane. <laughs> the airplane literally exploded. I was the last one to get off the plane. <laughs> cloud of smoke behind you yeah fucking so, slow motion you see me running away from it <laughs> <clears throat> so um i i remember you mentioning that like london oh didn't they say that it that um u.s citizens can leave and fly whenever so like you guys try to get out but you guys could have came back whenever right because you guys are so, u.s citizens they a lot at the time like what was it two weeks ago the information was very just it was changing by like every five hours information was changing so mm -hmm. it was really up in the air and and we were really worried that I mean one day they would say borders are closing and then the next day it was like but not for you as citizens but this but that but and so like we were afraid like by the next by Saturday it's like okay now it's closed for everyone you know it was just kind yeah. of like Everything was very uncertain that it made it much more stressful. So it, we just wanted to get out, like just get out. Do you know what the state of everything is now? Do you have any idea? Um, I get like the weekly emails from like the transportation because, you know, public transport is very, very popular in London. People don't really ah, drive. Unless you're like a, unless you're an Uber driver, you don't drive or a taxi person. Mm -hmm. Um. So I get the emails from, like, the public transport team. And um, basically everything is shut off from public transport unless you can show your badge that you're a medical, like, you're a medical worker or um, an essential, like, you have an essential job that you need to get to. So you have to show, like, 
um, your credentials for those things to get on public transport. Ah, I see. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but to the wow. public, just, if you're just, you know, getting so around, you, you can't. Do you still have friends that are there in uh, in London right now? Um, the majority of my friends are international students, so no. Like the friends that I'm close with and that I talk to and have like on social media and stuff, they're all international. Um, so no, everybody I know is at home just quarantining because they all left around the same time I did. Oh, okay, okay. Mm-hmm. Wow. So, okay, I remember you mentioning that um, there were like riots going on in London. What's the deal with that? What did you see? What were you hearing about? What? Um, I had seen just stuff on um, like little news articles and stuff. People, because they were running out of supplies in the stores, like they were running out of like rice and pasta and wait. Um, so, so paper. the the running running out of supplies and stuff at stores was happening in London as well. Yes. Yeah. Wow. So this was during, but this was during that week that I was gone. So I had not experienced it firsthand. Ah, because okay. everything was cold. It went from zero to 100 in one week. And I was not there during that week. So who did you get your information from? My roommate, Tilly. Okay, so so do tell, do tell. Yeah. So basically, there, weren't, there wasn't anything in the grocery stores. Um, and like shelves were being wiped clean like the way they are here, you know. Um, oh. And store windows were being like bashed in. Um Wow. Because people were getting, like, restless. Uh, I saw, like, pictures of, like, a bunch of the bus windows being bashed in, I, which I still can't understand why they would bash in windows. The only thing I can imagine is, like, people are really paranoid on the buses, and then if someone's, like, coughing or sick, like, people start to go, like, crazy and then bash windows to get out of the bus. Or I, don't, I have no idea, but I can't understand that too much. But, yeah, uh-huh. people were being, like, barbaric. Wow, fascinating. So there was there was chaos going down in mm-hmm. London. Dude, this shit reminds me of like the purge, literally. The like pur- I haven't seen it, but you haven't seen the purge? You should nah. watch the purge. Basically, do you know like the plot to it? Yeah, where they say you're allowed to kill whoever and they're allowed to Like all crime is legal for twenty four hours. It just uh-huh. kind of reminds me of that. Like everybody thinks that they can do whatever they want now because there's no like rules anymore everybody's just like fending for themselves yeah so it kind of reminded me of that wow that's scary i know <laughs> so okay so uh, do you have i mean obviously with this quarantine in place it's obviously going to be more difficult um to come back or i mean mm-hmm. excuse me uh go back to london but what are your plans as of right now for going back and um continuing your program how much longer do you have in that program um, okay, well, good news. I don't have any exams in June, um, and I'm progressing to my next year. Like, guarantee, I'm guaranteed entry into my next year now because of all this, you know, madness that's been happening. Um, mm. So we do not have exams or anything. We're just going to be guaranteed a spot into next year, which is really cool for me, um, you know, because I'm guaranteed that I'm going to, pass this year um (laughs) but basically if none of this would have been happening i would have gone back my flight was to return april 20th now 
there's no more classes, nothing. We don't have exams. So I'm, it's still kind of up in the air, but I don't plan on going back until next year. So September, uh, like until next, the next school year starts, which is like September oh, wow. 20th ish. So you're going to be for a long gonna, time. You're going to be back in the States for at least another five months, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. which I wow. did not anticipate at all. And I did not pack for, I didn't, I didn't, yeah, I, How my house, I have a house, like my flat in London, uh, I, we have a contract to stay there until our lease is for a full year, which is going to be the beginning of September is when it'll be up. Um, and we don't even know if we'll have, be allowed to go back in. So are you paying for, for your place right now? Yeah, we're, we're going to be paying for five months. Oh my God! How much are you paying a month? Um, each one of us, there's four girls. Each one of us pays, I think, like seven hundred. Seven hundred American or pound? Pounds, which is like what, like nine fifty, nine thirty, twenty, something like that. And you're paying that, and you're not even living there, bro. What do you want me to do? Tell them. Tell. A, no, it's it's our our lease is a full year. Like there's nothing we can do. And all our shit's in there, too. Like, nothing got packed. There's absolutely nobody in the house because every single one of us, four girls, we're all international students and we're all at home, like, home, home. Damn. So the house is totally empty, which Damn. sucks because it's landlord. like, I know, yeah, we are. So how is, how is London, like, overall? <laughs> like, I, I know I, like, I know we always have these conversations mm -hmm. about about you and the growth you've had and like what you've seen how you've learned about yourself but like overall as a place and like you've lived in the u.s and you've lived in london like what is your your thoughts on london as a place to live like what are your thoughts is like the society how it's run there like what do you think so okay my first year I've told you this like the novelty of it was really exciting like everything's so new and different and like you know it's it's London like everyone has this idea of London um second year I I started to see the reasons why I wouldn't want to live there forever mm. um and obviously there's like suburb areas and there's you know like central London areas um but it's just so hard I I just wouldn't want to raise like a family there and for me like raising a family is like definitely in my plans and I mean it's not too far from now but I I would walk to school and I would see parents trying to walk like two of their kids to school and we lived kind of near like an elementary school um and I would see the parents try to walk the kids and like you, you have to walk everywhere. You don't really drive to drop your kids off at school. You walk. So you have your kids. And for some reason, the parents, every parent gives their kids scooters. So the kids are like zooming through people, right, on the sidewalk. And the parents are like way far behind them, screaming their asses off to get these kids back to them because they're going to uh -huh. like get hit by a car or hit someone else because they're just like, you know, reckless careless on their scooters um uh -huh. and it's just so like it's so overwhelming to try to raise a family in london like i could i couldn't even imagine doing that yeah. 
and uh-huh. just seeing it as an outsider looking in it's like i i love the whole idea of like a soccer mom driving in like your little your little minivan dropping the kids off like to me that's like ideal and for in london i couldn't i it's just not for me but if you are a young single person or it's just you and your spouse or whatever no kids involved it's awesome like I love it for the period of my life that I'm in now. Yeah. Because it's just so there's so much to do. You're never bored. You you there's always something to do. Yeah. But like not as a forever place. For sure. Gotcha. Gotcha. How's the I've heard the public transportation there is excellent. Like we have Oh my god, it's amazing. Amazing. So, so that's how you would get around, correct? Is always yeah. public transportation? On the tube. <laughs> oh they call it the, the tube. subway yeah the tube the mm-hmm. tube and the buses is like primo like primo primo nobody says primo okay i say primo <laughs> 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 um yeah no there's there's routes to get you everywhere um yeah you don't need a car like you Definitely don't need a car unless you're trying to go out to like more of the countryside, like middle of Britain. But even to get to like Scotland, which is fully up north of the UK, um, the train drops you right off from central London, picks you up central London, drops you right off in central Scotland, like Edinburgh. So how did you get to the, the farm when you went to the farm? The train, the train. So like the tube and the train are different because the train goes like long distances and there's not as many stops as the tube it's like every minute it stops at a new stop but it's it's confined to central london the tube the train goes cross country um yeah so it goes from literally south to north like the whole thing um and so in when I went to the countryside, it stops like in the middle because that's where it is, the farm. And then the farmer picked me up like from the train station. And then it's like mm-hmm. a 20 minute drive from her house to the train station. Okay. And the family that you were with, you had already known and all that stuff. Yeah. I, I had worked with them last year for two weeks as well. Ah, so right on. They were cool. Yeah. So yeah. how much, how much more time do you have in this uh, veterinary program? Uh, well, when I go into year three, uh, two more years after that, so a total of five. Total of five years, mm-hmm. and that the five. year three will be started in September if you're able to go back. Yeah, hopefully I can go back. Jesus Christ, it's so crazy how yeah. everything's going and happening, and just like I don't know, getting a perspective of somebody who's in another country because all we hear about is like what's going on here, you know? Yeah. And like the farmers, like uh, the family I was living with. They don't go to central London. They don't go anywhere but their house, like their house Mm -hmm. and their property, and that's it. So the only news they get is from, they read a lot of newspapers, um, and that's the only bit of information they get from the outside world, which is crazy to me. Like, they understand that it's a big deal, but I don't know if they understand the severity of it at all. Yeah, but what's interesting is like, it's not severe for them. Like it's, it's not, it's, no, you know, it's severe for those who, um, are connected with like the mainstream world. If that's, mm-hmm. if that's a way to put it, mm-hmm. but then there are certain, I people- felt so safe when I was staying there. Cause I, I knew I had like seen like little things on, on Instagram here and there. 
I felt so safe being there. I'm like, dude, this is basically quarantining. Like, I'm over here <laughs> quarantining. <laughs> it was really, it was, it was really nice knowing that there. It was kind of like, um, did you ever watch The Walking Dead? I did. I watched some of it. Yeah. Um, you know when they find Herschel's house, that old man's house in the countryside. Yep. 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 I, that's exactly what I felt like. Uh-huh. Like it's like all the zombies, but you're isolated in the country. That's what I felt like. Yeah, that's I, that's how. I mean, I know it's not good that we feel this way, but I think a lot of people who live where up where I live somewhat feel that way as well. Like living yeah. in a smaller town. Mm-hmm. But it's crazy. We've got like supposedly like nine cases here in Como no County. Way. Yeah, Shit. nine or ten cases. Well, it's easy to stay away, which is nice for you because like you still have that capability of going outside and doing things and being away from people which is really yeah. nice mm-hmm. but here like in anaheim living in the suburbs like you go outside and then you have all your neighbors lingering around outside like because they're getting restless and they all have kids and all the kids are just like, running around and like you literally can't stay away from people yeah yeah so the sun hits different when it's illegal huh it it does. It's different. <laughs> so what's up, girl? How's life? How's how's everything? How's, uh, it's um... good. It's good. It's you know. So oh shit. Sorry, my headphone fell out. Um, when I was in London, I had told you like I was getting into such a good routine. I I had gotten my shit together. Started eating eating good. Eating right. Um, working out, start took on running, everything. And then now that all this has happened and I'm home, it is so hard to get back into that like really positive mindset and the root I think the routine was essential for me because I've never had a routine like that and I had finally discovered it. Uh-huh. And now it's like I feel like it, it all went to shit. So oh, yeah. I'm struggling. Wow. I'm struggling to mentally mentally get there again yeah yeah i don't think you're the only one i think a lot of people are dealing with it it's crazy like um we have these routines and then they get thrown off and the fact that like the fact that like you know what's interesting it's like okay we have these routines and we for the most part we can carry on with our routines while we're home like I can work out in my garage. You can go for your runs. You can uh, eat right at home. But when they tell you to do something like stay in your house, you're like, well, fuck, all my, all my motivation is out the drain now, you know? Because they told me to do yes. this, not because I yes. want to do it. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I know. It's super interesting. Yeah. And then I think also like living, being forced to do all the things on my own when I was living alone in London was different. Now that I'm home, I have, you know, everybody to think about, which obviously I love my mom, my dad, Braxton, but it's it's different when I was trying to build myself up alone. Yeah. And now I have all these people to um like consider in my plans. Do you get me? Yes. I don't know. I don't know. I don't want to like, sound like uh, I'm talking shit and I'm ungrateful, but like that's not that's not how I'm trying to say it, but no, no, no. I get you. It's like um, uh, when you're alone and you're working, like you were working on yourself in London, right? Like all you mm-hmm. have to do is worry about yourself. You're your only priority. 
But now that you're surrounded by people who care about you, you feel the need to um, uh, include them in your life or kind of like at least uh, acknowledge that they're there rather than being in your own little headspace and Mm -hmm. continuing to work on yourself. It's like working. It's like um, I'm imagining just like running in your own lane and just seeing yourself go forward without any kind of distractions. Like, yeah, that's how it was before. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Damn, so crazy. So what do you think? You think uh, you think this is all uh, a conspiracy? What are your thoughts? <laughs> um, no, I don't think it's a conspiracy. I think it's just the media really knows how to scare people. But yeah. I, I, mean, I really think it's real. I think. Absolutely. I think like with a little bit of a science background viruses influenza viruses they know how to mutate and this is just a really bad mutation but because obviously the numbers of the deaths are real you know like they're not they're not fake like there's people really dying and i know like the flu virus like influenza when it comes around yearly it also kill i think doesn't it kill more people than this has killed yet um, right now, I think the death toll in the United States, the flu still trumps it. But if you think about like um, the death toll with is it at the this, rate, in, the rate, the rate that it's killing it? Yeah, the rate is I, as far as I know, the rate's just about the same. So it's about two percent or something like that. Yeah, two um, percent death rate. But the amount of people getting affected with this coronavirus specifically, which is COVID nineteen, because there are multiple mm-hmm. strains of coronavirus. Mm-hmm. Um, the number of people being killed by COVID nineteen, I believe, is much higher. Yeah. Just yeah, I don't. So many I don't think people. it's. I don't think it's fake news. I think the media is just. Dude, you can't even turn on the news anymore. Like, I'm trying to fucking look at the weather for tomorrow, and like, when am I going to hear about the weather? It's like yeah. all coronavirus, nothing. Yeah. So. So what no, have yeah. you? In the animal world, what have you learned, like being uh, a veterinary student and um, a student of the science of veterinary and things? <laughs> <laughs> when you try to add words to your essay to make the word count. <laughs> so, like, what what have you understood about viruses? Or, like, I understand that it originated from a bat, right? So, mm-hmm. like, what do you know about viruses and animals? And, like, um, I don't know, just share some knowledge with me. Um, okay, well, immunology stuff is not my strong suit, but this is what I know. Okay. Um, so, like, influenza, for example, you have, I believe, um, you have your virus, and then it goes into a pig, for example, right? Yeah. So, it goes in the pig, it takes part of the genetic code of the pig, and then it turns into something else. So now you have little pieces from the pig that's going to change the strain of the virus. So now you have one virus. Then that pig virus goes into human. So now you have two types of genetic code combining into the one thing from the pig to the human. It took pieces and now it's all, it's a new virus. So now you have pieces of the pig, pieces of the human, and then now it comes out of the human and now it's infecting other humans. So mm-hmm. that's like year, like one year of the influenza virus. Okay. Now, next year, that virus goes into another pig, 
goes into another human. Go so like every year it changes, but it takes pieces from different parts of the genetic code of the pig, different parts of the genetic human, and it makes a new virus. That's how it makes a new one every year. Interesting. So it's just like it keeps adding and adding from different parts every single year, which is why we always have a new flu shot because you take the one, you take the virus, the, 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 yeah, the virus from the year before you turn it into a vaccine and then you inject it into the people all this year. So now they have antibodies against this new virus from this past year. The old. So oh, okay. from this, the past year, you know, they have yeah. for this next year coming up. So when the new year comes and you have a new strain, you have the antibodies for the one before. So it, it's not as severe. Yeah. You're still going to, you don't have full antibodies towards it because every year it mutates into something different, but uh -huh. usually it mutates into something different from the one virus the year before. Yes. You get me? Yeah. So, so like, that's why they say a new addition, like a small new addition every year. Yeah. Which is why they recommend your flu shot because you're you're not fully your immune system is not like fully naive to this virus because you have a little bit of familiarity from the year before. Yeah, so essentially it's not that you're completely immune, but that you have at least a small tolerance to a part of the virus. Yes, exactly. Mm -hmm. Ah, interesting. Exactly. Yeah. Did you did you do like biology stuff when you were in school or at, at like any of this? Like in my undergrad. You, yeah. Um, in my undergrad, I was completely oblivious to everything that I was learning. Like, <laughs> I didn't. I graduated. Okay, so I went to community college. Um, graduated with a biology a biology major. I think it was biology animal science. I don't remember. But then I went to Cal Poly Pomona, got my animal science degree there. And to be completely and 100% honest, I don't feel like I learned anything in undergrad. Like, <laughs> I just, I was, <laughs> for me, it was like C's get degrees. And like, I passed just kind of floating through. It yeah. was really hard for me because there was a lot of organic chemistry, calculus, physics. Like, it was just a lot of shit that I didn't understand, biochemistry. So... I just barely got by, like barely got by enough to get me into veterinary school. And in mm -hmm. veterinary school, there's no such thing as barely getting by. You have to know your shit or you're not going to pass, you know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I studied my ass off every day, five hours minimum studying after school. And that was just my everyday. I would go to school, wake up, go to school, study for five hours after school and then go to sleep and then repeat like every single day. So wait, this was during when? last year oh okay so First this is why you're in vet school yeah so you, so because you because you didn't feel like you learned much you were almost like you were playing catch-up exactly had uh -huh. I learned all this stuff the first time around I wouldn't have had to go this hard but I <laughs> I never learned it so like my first year of veterinary school as a 25 year old 24 year old at the time I was barely learning like all this biology stuff like yeah. I barely knew like a eukaryotic cell like barely knew like oh. and that's like the basic science 101 like eukaryotic cell prokaryotic cell like that's yeah and I didn't know I didn't really know what that meant ah uh, yes it was it was really tough but like you know I worked my ass off and I passed so yeah did you look at stuff under microscopes at all mm-hmm what did yeah. you look at 
like my first year of veterinary school? Yeah. Uh, we look at a lot of, so I'm, I think it's really awesome being in veterinary school because you have live specimens to look at. Like, for example, like uh, comparing it to human doctors, you don't have live bodies to look at all the time, like fresh live bodies every time you go into a dissection, you know? And with, um, with veterinary medicine, like you have your, so, okay. The way possums and, I mean, okay, in Texas, deer are so just, like, you have an overpopulation of deer. Uh We, in London, have an overpopulation of foxes. And they they roam around the city and they get into all the garbage and everything. And so people call animal control on foxes all the time. And when they call animal control on the foxes, the only, because they're so overpopulated, the only way to get rid of them, I'm not sure on the details, so, like, Hashtag PETA. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I think they euthanize them. I think. Okay. I don't. Don't quote me on that. But I think they do. Because my veterinary school gets all the foxes fresh. Ah, so, okay. So they donate them for science, you know. And yeah. in our dissections, we have fresh fox bodies to look at all the time. Yeah. Uh-huh. Which is amazing for learning. Like, just like I'm saying, like, you don't get that with human bodies. So, like, we get to see the fresh foxes, um, fresh rabbits. Like, I think at the at the Humane Societies, or, I mean, I don't, I don't know where they get them from, but I don't ask many questions. But we also have, um, like, they give us fresh ponies, like horse ponies. Um, really? We get to dissect fresh ponies. We get to dissect fresh, um, like, sheep. Um, yeah, it's, it's really cool. But um, under the microscope, we'll look at, like, um, little, like, like mice livers, uh, cat hearts, cat, like, just all kinds of, like, the smaller animal pieces of their histology and, like, tissues and stuff. So, for the most part, I've heard, like, pigs are very similar to humans. Is that correct? Yeah. What else is very similar? And what is, like, completely different? Like, what's... What's an animal that you've looked at that you're like, wow, this is fascinating. This is so different than than the norm that we have seen. Um, okay, so you know mice. Mice are very similar. That's why they use them for um, testing and stuff. And because they're so similar and because they reproduce like crazy and they're so tiny, you can hold many of them in one small area. That's why mm-hmm. they're so like perfect for testing. I'm not preaching testing. I'm just saying that's why they're perfect, you know? Yeah. Um, the different animal, let me just say, I'm absolutely obsessed with cows. I love cows. Um, they are so different from humans. Extremely Whoa. different. Interesting. They're, you know, you know about, um, stomach, like sheep or deer. No, wait, do deers have deers, how they have their stomachs, like rumens, you know, rumen. No, I've never heard of that, but I have heard that. That cows have like three or four stomachs or something like that? Yeah. So cows have four stomachs and so do sheep. So do, I believe, deers. I'm looking it up right now, literally. Yes. Okay. So deer as well. Um, They have four stomachs. So the food that goes in right through their esophagus, everything, it goes into like a first chamber and then it moves around and then it goes into another chamber and then you know how, like, cows sit around and they, like, chew all day? They chew yep. the cud. Well, 
they have to regurgitate their food from either, I forget, I think it's the second stomach. They regurgitate their food. Basically, they just burp it up and they burp up the ch- like chunky wet piece of grass and then they re-chew the food and then they bring uh-huh. it back. And that's for extra digestion, like to take out more nutrients from that piece because if they don't, uh-huh. they're just going to like pass out, like they're going to poop out all a bunch of nutrients. So they have to spit it back up chew it, suck out more nutrients, and then whatever they swallow is now waste. Like, they can push it out. And then it passes to the third chamber. And all the the first three chambers are so different from humans. Like, humans have absolutely nothing like those three chambers. Uh I think one of the stomachs literally looks like a Bible book, like pages. It's really weird. It's super weird. Another one looks like a honeycomb. Uh Um, It's super, super funky. And then the fourth one is the last stomach, which is identical to a human stomach. And then wow. it finally goes out the regular intestines and then the poop and everything. But cows are just like my favorite. They, I don't know, everything about cows, like their digestive system, they're, it's all really cool. Have you, I feel like cows are just like a, a farm dog. Are they pretty smart? They, yeah, they, they really are. It's just they're more skittish. That's the only thing. But they are, they're very like intuitive, Um, like you know when a cow's not feeling well because if you just like sit and observe for like five minutes, you just kind of stand there and you watch around. They're very, um, oh my god, I'm forgetting the word, when they hang out all together. Um, Communitive? Well, basically, they like to be around each other all the time. So you know when a cow's not feeling well when it's completely isolated from the group. Mm-hmm. And so, like, you wouldn't know that if you just kind of take a peek and look around because on first glance, everyone just kind of looks like they're dispersed. But, you know, like, I don't know. It's just really cool how, um, like, intuitive and, like, there's just so much more to them than just, like, cows, which <laughs> yeah, I love them. They're so cute. I freaking love cows too. There's some cows I know. You I see know. I've seen on your Instagram story all the <laughs> videos of the cows. The little babies. Yeah, I know. The babies are I the wanna... cutest. Having to bottle feed baby cows, ugh, the best thing ever. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I want to jump into that pen and go like tackle one just to play with it so bad. <laughs> but I have a feeling the I carry you in front of the mom. In front of oh. the moms. <laughs> they fuck me up huh? the moms get so psycho if you get near their babies yeah oh yeah have, yeah have you had any scary calls so i know you the first time you worked on that farm how long did you work on that farm for two weeks for how long two weeks two weeks did you have any scary calls with the animals there in the farm um the sheep are pretty like dumb they're just like Bleh, like all day <laughs> they don't really like do much um uh. the the cows if you keep your distance and you give them the respect that they are asking for, like, if you look at them, you get a feeling like they don't want you near them. If you give them yeah. the respect, there shouldn't be any issues. It's when you're you're kind of, you're tired, you're grumpy, you just want to get the work done, and you don't pay attention, that's when shit starts to happen, like, go wrong, you know? Ah, uh, yes. Um, but I think probably one of the scarier times was um, this one baby cow was not like sucking on he had just been born but he wasn't sucking onto the mom's like teat so he wasn't getting any milk um so we had to bottle feed but we didn't want to get him used to bottle feeding so we would 
tie the mom up, like tie her front legs and tie one back leg because if you leave her back legs, when the baby tries to suckle, sometimes she'll kick him off with her head, like kick the head of the baby while he's trying to suckle. Mm-hmm. So you have to tie the legs so that doesn't happen. Um, but I did, forgot to tie the front legs. <laughs> and then the cow just started like going all over the place and almost like slammed me into the metal like bars. God we damn. I had like cornered the cow. I had brought the cow to a corner, put some food down so, to like distract him. And then I brought the like some metal doors to close us in. So like in case the baby wanted to like run away or whatever. Uh-huh. Um, but I forgot to tie the legs and the cow completely swung around and almost like smashed me into like the metal wall. So it was, that was really fucking scary. But that would see like stuff like that. It's like when you're not being careful and you're not like double, triple checking your shit before you do things. That's when things go wrong. Yeah, like that would have been that would have been on you. That was just like yeah. the cow's nature. Completely avoidable situation if I had been more careful. And yeah. that's kind of how everything is with animals. Like you just uh, cuz obviously you can't communicate with them. Like you can't tell them what you want them to do. So you have to make sure that you're taking the extra measures to protect yourself all the time. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, so, uh, what's, what's next? So when you go back to school, you're going to be learning about what, like, what, what is the, the program consist of? I know you've done work with farm animals. Is there a point where you're going to be like sitting in on vet visits? Yeah. So the first, so it's a five-year program. The first two years are, um, lecture based and Mm -hmm. the first half of the third year as well. So that's all lecture-based. Um, you don't really do much, like, hands-on stuff other than, like, dissections in class, which are, like, really cool. Um, and then the farm work that you do. Mm-hmm. So after the first half of the third year and then the fourth year, you do um, clinical work, which is you find your veterinary clinics that you want to work with, and we have requirements of animals. So I've got to find a cat and dog clinic. I've got to find a... Um, horse veterinarian and then I think I believe I have to find like a cow veterinarian as well like a farm animal Uh farm animal vet and you basically either shadow or help or like kind of work as like vet tech situation Um, Uh and you do that so you get that kind of experience in veterinary um, scenarios like settings it's not just like my first two my first two years was um, basically, you pick up shit and you clean stuff. Like, that's, uh-huh. that's the kind of farm work that I was doing now. But what's coming next is more veterinary clinic stuff. And then our fifth year is rotations. Ah, okay. So you actually work as a, like, vet. You do vet things. Interesting. Are you excited? Are you nervous? I'm about? Really excited. I'm super excited, but I'm equally nervous because I feel like I'm not going to be prepared enough to be, you know doing veterinary things and like patients rely on you at that point to know what the fuck you're doing and like I I'm scared to not know I think yeah but I I think you're scared but I think once you get once you get put into the situation that you need to be put into I think it'll flow naturally like you will um have this this sense of you get into whatever you need to do and then you um 
like what you've learned and everything that you've practiced will kind of come naturally. It'll just come to you without you having to think much about it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I think that also comes with experience. Like if I mess up, like I can't really beat myself up about it because I don't know. I mean, You're I young. don't know anything. Like it's exactly. my first year of acting as a veterinarian, you know? Yeah. But. Yeah, I think I think the big thing is is um, not being afraid to make mistakes. Like being mm-hmm. being okay with making mistakes and understanding that like mistakes are gonna happen. It's just whatever, whenever a mistake happens, rather than like dwell and think like fuck, I can't do this, or or like dang, I don't know enough. Maybe I shouldn't be here. Just I deserve to be here. I've put in my time. Now I've made a mistake. Let me learn from this mistake so it doesn't happen again. And let me move forward and continue to learn. Yeah, I agree. Oh, man. 100% agree. I'm excited for you. I'm excited for you to get through this. I'm excited for you to, like, open up a vet clinic and, like. And treat Zeke. Yeah, treat both (laughs) legs. Treat his big head disorder. How's Zeke doing, by the way? He's life? doing well. I'm scared that um oh shoot, hold on. Oh, I feel this. <laughs> oh my god. Oh shit. I'm hanging up. I'm hanging oh. up. <laughs> <laughs> oh Jesus. I hope, I hope my neighbors didn't hear that. Oh Jesus. Dude, you're fucking done. They're waiting outside for you <laughs> with guns. <laughs> um, I'm scared that he messed up his other knee. Oh my gosh. So now it might have to be both. Do you think he's like over? He's compensating with one leg for. Yeah, because he had issues with one leg, so he wasn't putting as much weight on it. And then I noticed that he um, was putting the same amount of weight on each leg. So I was like, "Oh, damn it! Maybe he messed his other knee up." And so now it's evened out, you know. Oh wow! (laughs) But um, did they end up doing the surgery? No, right? No, not yet. But I have to. I'm gonna call them soon and schedule them. Just. This whole coronavirus stuff just kind of slowed me down as oh, well. Oh, yeah. My friend, um, she called me yesterday because she had gotten some test results for a, a mask in her dog's mouth. Uh-huh. Um, and she wanted me to, like, interpret the whole paperwork. Um, her dog might have cancer, but they're not, they're not even wanting to see her dog in the, like, clinic to see what they can do about it for, um, six weeks. I'm like, dude, in dog time, six weeks, that thing can spread so easily, like, but they don't want to see them because it's, um, it's not an emergency, supposedly. Yeah. But it's, like, it kind of is, because in six weeks, that cancer could spread if it is cancer, you know? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, but. so I don't know. I just, I mean, luckily he doesn't have anything to that magnitude, like cancer or anything. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's yeah, just it's just, legs. it's just both of his limbs. Like it's fine. I think he'll be all right. He's got other. He's I mean, he's got he's got his two front he's got legs. Got a lot of grit. So. <laughs> yep, that's all that matters. <clears throat> no, but once I get that figured out, I'm gonna, um, cause I, I just got an email from them saying like they're changing their procedures. Um, how they're gonna like pick the dogs up? They're just gonna have you wait at your car, and then you, uh, and then they'll come out, get your dog, and then just go mm-hmm. about their business. So, I'm gonna have to contact them, see what I can set up, and then um, once I do that, then I'll let you know. Good, yeah, that's what, what my mom's do? doing at the veterinary, or not the veterinary, sorry, the dental office. They are yeah, making so are people they... wait in their cars. Yeah, they're still open, but it's only for emergency things as well. So like, there's no like 
bleaching, no teeth bleaching, nothing like that. It's just that's so um, crazy to me. Yeah. Like with this whole coronavirus thing going on, and like the fact that like she's working literally on people with their mouth open. With their mouths, I know, I know. That it's is so crazy. Sucks, not gross. Sorry, but like it sucks. It's like the no, worst thing. Yeah. Yeah. But hopefully, we'll see what happens. Hopefully, most we'll of this blows over. I don't know. They they say that the the peak is supposed to be in two weeks, but. I know. And this is supposed to last until April 30th, right? At this, least. The quarantining? Like quarantine, yeah, like, like mandatory? Yeah. Yeah. But I think we're going to see residual effects from this for, for months to come. I don't think oh, this Oh, I is agree. Yeah. Damn. All right. Well, I got to get going. I got to get, get some stuff done. But um, All right. Thank well, you thank you for having podcast. me. I, I don't I think we we barely like this conversation was an hour long but honestly like we barely talked about anything. Yeah. We'll have I to do it again. Know. What? Our talks I said we'll have to do it again. Our talks usually go really deep, but I feel like it's definitely like a like a we scratched the surface on this one. Yeah, this was an intro podcast, but yeah. we're going to have another one very soon because <laughs> there's always life and and what we're doing and what we're catching up on, what what our plans are, you know. Yes, definitely. Oh. There's always those things to talk about. So I will, uh, I think this is where we'll end this one. And um, thank you. Thank you for coming on the call. I definitely want to learn more about what you're doing, learn more about animals. Um, just, I was a little busy. I'm glad we were able to do this, but. Um, you know where I'm at. Hit me up. Hashtag quarantine. Yeah. I'm yeah, not going now, that you, <laughs> now that you're going to be quarantined, I'm going to be calling all my friends, you know. Hey, let's do a podcast now that we're quarantined. That's literally what I'm doing. I'm like, hey, I just tell my friends. I'm going to FaceTime you right now. Like, I know you're not doing shit. I'm going to call yeah. you. <laughs> <laughs> and then, they, and then they can't stay like, see, for me, I live in a small town, so I have a place to go because I have to go to my other house. Hmm. Or not other house, but where I'm working. And so like. Out of the five that I have. It's no big deal. Yeah, right. <laughs> So I have so I have an excuse, you know, but like if your other friends are like, hey, I have to go like, bitch, where are you going? You have nowhere to go. <laughs> I know you got nothing to do. Pick up my call. <laughs> For real. All right, Janelle. All right. Well, thank you very much. I'm going to upload this soon. I'll let you know when I get it uploaded. But um, till next time. Okay. Talk to you soon. Love you. All right. Love you too. Thanks. Bye. All right.